Hey, Foreplay listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. We've got a um, a very funny guest, a very iconic guest. If you're familiar with um, really any fucking comedy, he plays the role perfectly. It's Rob Riggle. We get into it with him about that role, about golf. He played in a celebrity Ryder Cup uh, right before the Ryder Cup tournament that he uh, breaks down a couple hilarious stories. So, um, so he's great. You're going to love Rob Riggle. And then we've got a bunch of housekeeping items to get to as well. We got a bunch of from the gallery. We're still riding high off our win against Kevin Kisner. Um, so it's a big show. We got a lot packed into this thing. Big thanks to Owens mixers. They are our official cocktail mixer. A reminder, they've got four phenomenal flavors, ginger beer and lime, mint, cucumber and lime, grapefruit and lime, tonic water and lime. It's very, very simple. They make it so simple. It's unlike any experience mixing cocktails that I've ever had in my entire life. You could just make a high-quality cocktail right at home. It's super easy. You throw in ice. You throw in your liquor of choice. You throw in Owen's Mixers, Owen's Craft Mixers, and boom, you've got a phenomenal high-quality cocktail. We're helping you out. Barstool 15, you get 15% off. You go to owensmixers.com. That's Barstool 15, 15% off. Use the code Barstool 15. Um, they're our official cocktail mixer. They're huge supporters of our show and everything that we do. You see their logo on a lot of the stuff that we're doing because again, they love, um, the stuff that we've been able to come up with. They love supporting us. So go support them. Go into Owen mixer, owensmixers.com, barstool 15. You're going to get yourself 15% off. Gentlemen, the Kisner video's out. Um, Frankie with a, with a huge assist, a huge contribution to the teaser game. You're not just the pizza boy anymore, Frank. You're in no. the teaser game. Yeah, I, um, I go back and forth with our guy Ebug on like music choices, and, and we were trying to develop a style the way we do these videos with the travel series and this video. And I was just sitting around yesterday. Um, obviously, with everything going on, we weren't posting as much, so I was really just like glued into my social media and watching everything that was going along. And I had a little bit more time to work on something. So I worked on that teaser and I was like, Brennan, just send me whatever footage you have and I'll just like put something together. I put like a minute video together. I freaking love the beat and I was like, I liked it. And I said to you guys, you guys liked it. And people are sucking my cock off on, on Twitter. <laughs> they don't, they don't know. They don't know. They're giving me full on fellatio. Cause I don't know if they even know I edited it, but which doesn't matter. It's like, I, I didn't put my freaking name on it. Um, but yeah, it was really fun to make that. Like it's different when you're not editing the same thing all the time. Like I'm just editing very raw, like pizza reviews are so easy. They're just very raw stuff. Like Dave is just one of the funniest people on earth. So he, you just put the camera on and that's it. You don't have to really do much. Um, but this was fun. Cause like I was there and like I was part of it. So I knew some of the funnier moments and like, it's cool to make a video about like you and your buddies. Like I've, I've done that. Like with Borelli's once, like I, I did like a hype up video for a cornhole tournament we were, we were doing. Actually, that's that's like one of the things I used to get hired. Like I put that in my pitch. Like, look at these videos I'm making for a 62 year old restaurant um, at the time. And I was like, I need to start doing more shit. So yeah, that was fun, man. I really like. I 
I get I like putting music to video too much. I was gonna say like you you spend so much time on the music for the videos alone. It's weird, like, I, but it's good. You need somebody like that who is that passionate about it. That, Dude, I said to my girlfriend yesterday. I think in like another universe. I mean, I'm still young, but whatever. Like. I genuinely think I would enjoy composing, like scoring videos and movies. Like that is like a passion of mine that I'm now noticing. Like I love the idea of like building up a scene with music and like you can change the tone based off of a, like the change of the violins. Now the problem is I know nothing about the technique technicalities of it i don't know anything about the decibel all right beethoven it was a good teaser like it was a nice it was a great <laughs> was like e-bug, e-bug said it to me, e-bugs like my ears are blown out and i was like i don't even know what that means like there's so much shit that goes into it that like people actually like there's like audio engineers and shit this world is crazy i watched a couple youtube videos on it it's fucking nuts that's all i you do need. agree with the ring that's all that's right. the kind of the world we're living in to get good at something you watch a couple youtube videos and you're a pro 100 percent yeah, uh, look, it is it is a phenomenal teaser, and you guys with the music, I don't understand that world not even close to like what you were just saying, engineers and beats. And it's crazy. Ebug and you were talking last time about how you guys like Ebug invented his own song for it or something. I didn't know what the fuck that meant. So great job, dude! Like that um, logo that our guy, Fra- there's a video guy uh, editor named Francis. He made the logo. He sent it with no noise. So. That was so much fun finding whooshes and noises that go with the rotation of the logo to see and to make it like come to live. Like that's just awesome. And when you watch movies, think about everything that happens in a movie. They all that audio is edited in. Like yep. even when you watch like Animal King, uh, Animal uh, Planet, or like Planet Earth, you think like the mic is right up there with the fucking lion. Like no, they're like matching lion noises and making sure like the bite marks on like so that you feel like you're right there. Even when they walk over like a, a leaf, there's someone in like an audio room crushing a leaf with their hand into a microphone. It's crazy. It's incredibly valuable to have someone that passionate because I can tell you what, the, the other three of us, we're like, like whatever. Just like, put it out. Just hit record on the camera. Then just put it onto the internet. Whatever, whatever <laughs> happened, just do that. So look, it's great. It's great you guys have that passion. That's what's elevated our production value. The video is phenomenal. Like so the, all the graphics so and the buildup and so everybody good. getting ready in the morning to the range session, kids chirping us. It captured like, so I do want to say too, like Pinehurst did their best, made an announcement on social distancing. Um, they're like, if you're going to watch, you can't, the fans, you know, like it's a public facility. So like if people were going to be around, people were just around to Pinehurst in general, but if you're going to be around and watch, like you just stay like on the cart path. So you're like away from it. They're trying to like deter people from watching, but on some level, people kind of start to congregate and they're doing their best. They made announcements on the social distancing, but I still think even in the video, like from our vantage point, it's like, we can't, we're not going to go arrest these people. So like if a couple people were going to watch, they're going to watch. And the video captured well, like the environment with all of us, the kids roasting us and chirping us, which I don't think can be overstated how much of a factor that is. Like when that man who's that knowledgeable about golf and the golf swing and the golf game makes one little comment about your swing, it affects like the whole rest of your day. He's doing that nonstop. Dewey's doing that nonstop. And then there's also kind of a crowd like clapping a little bit and ooh and eyeing and like being shocked. So it captured everything. Every shot is in there. Um, it was it was phenomenally done. We have drone footage that we've taken over the months that I've been here that we took back in November that kind of like brings you from hole to hole. So it's a really good video. It's on our YouTube page, Four Play Golf, um, the Kisner 
versus the four-man scramble, and hopefully there's something we could do with a lot of other golfers. But be sure to go check that video out because it's – got to type in four-play podcast versus Kisner because the title is a little different because we YouTube eyes huge, a little bit. Huge behind-the-scenes wow. battle over Can't YouTube. Can't type in four-man scramble. Dude, it's dude, dude, right now. And I, it, so it went live, right? And we won't have to – we don't have to get into all of it because – No, we, we shouldn't. We should not get into all of it. People don't want to Get know. into all of it. Do it. No, no, no. I'm serious. Damn, Frankie, I'm serious. Frankie, you know what's no. crazy? If you type in four-man scramble, if you type in four-man scramble on YouTube, the first video that shows up is Kevin Kisner versus the four-play podcast scramble at Piners number two from the U.S. Open Tees. It's the first thing that shows up, Frankie. Type so in four-man scramble called? on YouTube. Why can't you call the four-man scramble? Everybody just – everybody stopped. Because people are confused because there's so much backstory to this that we always argue about YouTube titles. But just le- I want to let everyone know the video went live at noon. I, I w- I'm at the office. So I walked to the bathroom to take a piss. I came back and there were 25 messages yeah. in the four play group chat. And it was just an absolute cat fight in there between Frankie <laughs> and producer Jake. And then you got me and Riggs and Lurch urging these guys on, wanting them to fight. <laughs> It's just a shit show. Every time a YouTube video comes out on the Four Play Golf YouTube channel, there's a, a brawl about what the title should be. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a crazy Frankie, battle. I, I, I Frankie gen- just texted the word hate, 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 hate like six times about <laughs> his feelings on the title. There was one Dude, it's like, like you know, I just think like if it if the title is the title on the website, why can't it be on YouTube? And like we're saying that we're not getting a lot of traction from from people on YouTube. It's all from our Twitter. I mean it. Most of it's from people just finding it on YouTube, right? Only three or four percent come from Twitter and Instagram, so we're trying to make it for that specific audience. But I'm just like, I mean, if someone wants to watch a Kevin Kisner video, they're gonna watch a Kevin Kisner video if they stumble upon it, regardless of what the fucking title is. And I just like it neat, like four man scramble versus Kevin Kisner, and then next episode, four man scramble versus whatever. And then whenever you see it, you know that's what it is. Not like holy moly, look at what Kevin Kisner did at the U.S. Open tees. Like, I don't know. I just don't like that world. But apparently it works. We'll see. I, I think it's going to get views regardless. That's my point. I'm also, also mad. Up our YouTube rep, which we then threw in a whole nother I, curveball. I started so laughing I, out loud at that. I was at Pirelli's. I started laughing out loud like a, like a crazy person. A YouTube rep? Like, yeah. What is that? On. Give me that guy's job. Jake is fuming <laughs> back there. This is great. Anyways, Whatever. It is what it is. Anyway. It's going to get views, which almost makes me mad because, like, it's going to solidify that title. But it would have done views. Are you are Frankie's you rooting against re- views? Right. Oh, he's yeah. going on record right now. Nobody watched the Kisner four-play make. It's going to get views regardless. So, I don't know. Frankie, did you know, did, you know, did you know in the first hour this is the best one of our videos has ever performed? Because of the content, Jake. It, it's, our, it's one of the biggest videos we've ever done. It's so stu- You could have made that title, Kevin Kisner Goes Poopy Pants at US Open. You could have done whatever. It, like, it's, you literally could have wrote golf at Pinehurst. And because of the, the amount we're talking about it, and we fucking went live for 25,000 people on the 18th hole, like, people are going to watch that video. So I don't know. Boy. Our, our titles weren't that different. I just want to like a little peek under the hood. I like when people get to see what's going on because this is what we deal with on the it's chat all, good stuff, all day. Right? Like, it's all great stuff. It's all great stuff. And that just shows people we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Like those little oh. titles and pictures you see on our YouTube, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. Right. So I also just love the close to the argument because as soon as Frankie gets in his last word, he just picks up three fries and stuffs his face. <laughs> Like Bar, it is proof that like Barstool as a whole is worth like half a bill, and we're just like we're still yelling at each other about YouTube titles. Like it, it really is like it's we're the real deal. That's what it comes down. To. Well, it's good. People care about what we do, you know. So it's it's and we care about what we, we what care we put about out. our product exactly. True. So that's we where do. the it's all about we, what's doing best. 
We definitely care. Um, so th- there's no doubt about that. I like to give a couple shout outs. I got a quick story. So um, my guys, Ryan, Joe, and Jack, there's three guys. I think they came in from Chicago. They were in Pioneers for like a week. I saw them Sunday night, told them I'd play the cradle with them yesterday. Um, so yesterday evening, it's like 6, 6 p.m. or something. I, we kind of stroll out there. And there's a, you know, you guys, obviously, we were at the cradle a week ago. You know the cradle scene this time of year. There's groups backed up, ready to tee off, and everybody's kind of hooting and hollering. It's like a stadium seating almost in terms of the way the hills are. And and so we're like two groups uh, away about uh, to, to go off. And these three guys, I just kind of met them. They're just like they know they love what we do and whatever. So, yeah, we'll play. We'll have a good time. Well, there's another group of guys. It's like four guys, I think it was. And they're just being dickheads. Like, they're drunk, clearly. And they're yelling and being really loud. I guess they're, like, annoying the shit out of people on the thistle do. And then they're over in line in the cradle. And, like, they're yelling. One of the guys just, like, fuck you, Riggs, like, yelling it across the cradle. And I'm just with this other crew. And they're, like, how do you deal with that all the time? I'm, like, it doesn't happen. Like, you don't is, usually get assholes all the time. Is Riggsy um, Snitch about to make an appearance? Yeah, I think we're going to get a no, no, no. video recording. No, I got a good funny story. Um, okay. So then after a few minutes, like one of the guys from that group comes over and he like apologizes and, and then all the guys come over and like, you got to come out to Quill Hollow. We're like big fans. And I'm like, well, why are you yelling fuck you rigs across the cradle? Like, what's, why are you like, that just doesn't make sense. So like, that's, you know, sorry about that, but whatever. And then another guy's like, yeah, that was me yelling fuck you rigs. Sorry about that. And it's just like, even the guys that we're with are like, yeah, those guys have just been like annoying all day long. They're just kind of loud, whatever. Well, they go ahead. They tee off in front of us. It's like an hour later, um, we're coming through the eighth hole and, you know, the eighth tee is above or the eighth green finishes and then you walk above the third green. You know, the third green is that punch hole where you hit it up there. It's a blind shot. So you can't see if it goes in or not. Well, this guy, Ryan, that I was with, these fucking guys just kept yelling really loud, annoying shit. And it was just like kind of pissing everybody around the entire course. It's like these guys are the worst, but like the pine cone lady, um, who was working the pine cone was like, God, those guys just like, will not shut up, whatever. Well, these guys are playing the third hole. So this guy, Ryan, that's with us, uh, as we're like walking up, he and his buddy set up and they count like down. They're like, okay, on three, we're going to go nuts and fake this guy out. Like he got an ace. Cause it was the group that were being the huge asshole. Yep. <laughs> so the guy hits one and he's like staring it down. Cause you can't see it's a blind shot. It's rolling off the slope. And on three, this guy, Ryan, and his boy, they just start going nuts. They're like, oh, like, let's go, Ace. And the guy's super jacked up, comes running up the hill, and his ball's just clearly not in the hole. And they wanted to fucking fight this guy, Ryan. And, like, the whole course was, like, cheering and celebrating. They're like, dude, that was the best fucking troll of all time. These guys then are like, we're going to play you $1,000 a hole. Like, fuck you guys, blah, blah, blah. But the fake ace for my guy, Ryan, he was getting, like, applause around the golf course for the rest of the round in the cradle. So I got to give a huge shout-out to my guy, Ryan. Um, and then another uh, woman that I met yesterday was Janet, who I think she sent an email, and she's, like, 52. And her mother, Doris, drove from Atlanta because of the Daily Nine videos. They just drove yesterday from Atlanta to Pinehurst to play Pinehurst number two. Um, and I'm Did they say because of the Daily Nines? They came because of the Daily Nine videos. They chose to come to Pinehurst. So That's it was her crazy. and you know her mother Doris, who if Janet's again, I want to say her email. She said she's like 52. Um, then her mother's got to be at least in her you know in her 70s or, or 80s or so. Um, so they drove all the way from Atlanta. So big shout out um, to them. That's Barstool Classic. Incredible. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Incredible. We're sitting uh, here trying to figure out how to like draw in YouTube people. And we got 70 year old Doris driving cross country to get to fucking Piners because the daily nine. I mean, that's no, that, that, that's a pretty long drive. When's the last time somebody named their kid Doris? 72 years ago, you think? Like, nobody Probably. below 30 has that. That lady was the last one. Yeah, I think it could like, be. Doris, Doris Burke? Yeah. It's, oh, Doris Burke. How old is wow. she, though? 75? Probably, no, 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 no. You know who Doris Burke is? The NBA gal? So there's no way she's 70. No way she's even 60, right? I don't know. She's Mm-mm. pretty old. You think I she's that old, Lurch? I think she's over 50. Yeah, but that's different than 70. All right, I'll take Doris is a Doris is a like I love Doris. She was an angel last night, but Doris is a classic old person name. She's 54. Yeah. 54. 54. Okay. All right. It, it's not a name you hear often, I will say. No, no. No, you don't. Um, and then I gotta give quick Barstool Classic updates. There's a lot of updates going on. We're obviously, I mean, we're supposed to have 15 different stops. They're huge gatherings by their nature. There's like a party aspect to it. We have COVID-19, global pandemic. So how's that going to change? I did tweet out um, a little update the other day. The Barstool Classic will go on. Um, so some folks are asking about um, caddies and like that kind of thing. Everything's going to be local. So I want everybody out there who's playing in the classes to understand it's all based on local guidelines. We would love to have the caddy option for every single person in the field. A lot of these courses are saying, hey, we're trying to limit people as much as humanly possible. Um, so in those places, caddies might not be possible. And we've got a few brand new announcements. Um, Pioneers number six on June 22nd is going to be the first qualifier. We're adding a new stop. We're adding one that wasn't on the schedule. It's Piners number six. It's June 22nd and Friday, which is June 5th at 10 a.m. That's going to be available to the public. So you can jump in. You can play in that qualifier. The Barstow Classic will start and will finish at Pinehurst this year, which is very fitting with everything that's been going on with our relationship with it now. We've done travel show. We did the Kisner match. I've been quarantined here. June 22nd is Piners number six. It's going to be the first Barstow Classic event of 2020. And then the championship, which I've talked about before, about how we're going to do in terms of changing it. Uh, It's supposed to be Saturday and Sunday of Masters Week, which is one of the great shocks of all time, that when we booked this damn tournament to conclude on November, whatever, 14th and 15th, I think it was, that then – that coincided with the Masters tournament. Nobody could have ever predicted that. Imagine in their wildest dreams that that would occur. I've been debating. We've been debating. What do we do? Do we just hold it at the same time? I did think if it's midsummer, we could do that because we could play the Barstool Classic in the morning. Everybody hang around a TV or find a spot, go to a bar, and then watch the Masters in the afternoon. But it is November, so it's like some of the shorter days of the year. So there's just not going to be time to do both. So. We are changing the Barstool Classic Championship at Pinehurst to November 9th and 10th, which is Monday and Tuesday of Masters Week. So it's going to be a huge, huge golf week. Sunday will be kind of a welcome hangout, cradle experience for anybody who can get in early. Um, Sunday afternoon, which is November 8th, there's going to be a little cradle hangout, a little cradle play. The 9th and 10th are uh, rounds one and two of the Barstool Classic Championship. So those are some announcements. You go to BarstoolClassic.com, get more information. That's the situation. Um, all right. Do you guys have anything to add? Boy, that was a ton. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a lot, lot going on. There's I would just – I'd recommend rewinding the last – you know, hit the back 15 seconds about five times and you just listen to it again. Write it down. I appreciate that. Um, my only um, take to all that was I love the move by Ryan is his name. 
That's an amazing mm-hmm. move. I'd love that. Yeah. Um, I love, I love stirring it up. I love getting back at assholes on the golf course like that. Like guys would be in belligerent or, or people like that's just such a good dig. Like that made them so mad. You know, that just ruined their day too. Cause like one or two times, like, all right, buddy. And then dude, that like exact person that you ex- describe or like, fuck you rigs. And you go over to them like, Oh, what's going on? And they're like, ah, nah, I, I didn't really know. <laughs> like I had a guy mess with me today, sends me a screenshot of my handicap. Cause I, I called out the handicap police and he goes, just watched a couple of YouTube videos. How the fuck are you a nine handicap? You, you sandbagger. You can't even hit a fairway. And I responded right back to him. I said, you moron. That's the opposite of sandbagging. Like, why would I make, like, if I hit every fairway and then you checked my handicap and I was a 25, you'd be like, you fucking sandbagger. Like, what are you doing? I'm legitimately losing every match in the world because this goddamn handicap system is telling me my numbers are 9.2. I need more strokes when I play these guys. So I messaged him and he wrote back. And he wrote the whole thing, like, you fucking loser. You have to stop talking so much on the podcast. I'm like, well, you're a moron, number one. You said the exact opposite thing of what you're supposed to say. And then he responded, oh, shit, didn't think you'd get back to me. Love you, man. Hope the restaurant's doing well. Like, if we could tee it up one of these, if we could tee it up one of these days, we'd love it. Like, dude, right after you lick my grundle, then we can continue on this conversation. Because, like, now you're in my back pocket. Like, I just have to respond to you for you to become a nice human being. That doesn't make any sense. And that's exactly what it was yesterday. It was that interaction in real life, which we, we've talked about that a few different times. We all amongst Barstool employees, we talk about that exact exchange a million times. And people will say ruthless shit. You respond once. And then they're like, Hey, a huge fan. Listen to every show. I actually love what you said the other day. <laughs> and crazy. it's like, I appreciate that you're a fan, but why you got to lead with dickheadness? Like, why can't you just be a nice person? And that was these guys in real life. And again, it was beyond because the guys that I was playing with were like, yeah, they were actually behind us in another course earlier today. And they were like hitting into us and being dickheads. So it wasn't just to me. They were just like pissing off everybody of the course. So that little troll that that guy did, Ryan, Amazing. of the fake ace, dude, it had these guys were so oh my rattled. God. It was awesome. Could you imagine if someone like did that to you? I mean, at first, I don't <laughs> think, I'd hope I wouldn't be the dickhead up front where like they wanted to do something to me. But I mean, if you just did that with your buddies and like a good-hearted nature was like, what a shot, Lurch, like ace. And you go running up there and you're all winded and excited and then it's just 10 feet from the pin. I mean, I would think about on the cradle, I'd probably have a wedge in my hand. I would think about just hawking it right at your face. Oh, yeah. Well, there's also not many worse feelings on the golf course than when someone, so let's say you're like bending one around a tree or you hit one and you can't see where the ball is and, and someone says, oh, good one, like it got up there. And you're like fucking right, like you get, and then you get up there, and it's either in a bunker or it's just not where they said because maybe they didn't notice, like it rolled off the back and into the water. That mm-hmm. feeling of like euphoria, being like holy shit, people yes. are applauding me for my shot. Then it was wrong. Is I'd rather just watch the ball just dunk into the into the <laughs> water to yes. start. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I'd rather blade it and watch it go over the green than have yes. sort of that thought. So, so it was perfect. These guys, I mean, there were I believe mentions at one point of like. I'll I'll knock you the fuck out or something oh, yeah. like that from oh, one of I'm these sure. guys. I'm sure. And one of the guys I was with from Piner is like, are there, are there is there about to be a fight at the cradle at Pinehurst? Like I've never seen. When was the last so time you was, think there was a? When was the last time you think there was a fight at Pinehurst? No, never. I think a while. Not, it's been a while. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. It's a pretty big like boys' place. There's a lot of testosterone at Pinehurst. Like I could like, ten golf courses. Everyone's jacked up to be playing. Someone hits into them. I'm gonna fucking beat you up with my fucking. Yeah, what? I, you know, I was trying. <laughs> you know, I had to go to I had to go to Home Depot today and pick up an auger. 
You know okay. what the fuck that is? I think what? so. An auger? I was like, yeah, can I, I get a one man auger? And the guy looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing with an auger? I had my skinny arms out. I had my mask on. I'm like wearing two t-shirts. I'm like, yeah, I need an auger to go through the concrete. He's like, how many layers of asphalt are you going through? I'm like, bro, just get me something that goes into the fucking mm-hmm. thing. I'm clearly not the one that's doing the hand motions. into. The, like, I'm not the one who's actually physically grabbing the auger. They sent me in a car to come pick it up because <laughs> I have no strength. So why don't you just go get me that bit? He's trying to tell me about the primer to turn this thing on. He's like, you know, you got a gauge up here. I, I'm looking. I'm like, bro, we're wasting time here because I'm not <laughs> touching this piece of equipment. So get me something that goes into cement right now so I can get the fuck out of here. That's like the Michael Scott. Like, explain it to me like I'm five. Like, just yeah. give give it to me like i'm five years old and let me get on my way because i'm clearly not the drill bit oh yeah it's crazy so that we're, we're we're building out a, pa- a patio right now for outdoor seating hopefully actually next week uh in new york long island you'll be able to actually go to restaurants as long as it's outdoor seating so that's at least we have some positive news about um people being able to come to restaurants hell that's yes we're doing. hell yeah. yes um Father's Day. Father's Day can be stressful. Trying to find the perfect gift for dad. Dads usually have everything. Thankfully, Tommy John, the revolutionary underwear and clothing brand, knows that comfort is for everyone. Yes, even your dad. So gift him the softest, most breathable base layer he's ever worn. We're all Tommy John guys. That's not a secret. We've been talking about that for, I feel like, years now and in a very justified way because Tommy John is the only underwear that we rock. We cleaned out all of our drawers. We got rid of all that other stuff that we were even thinking about that we were entertaining using for years. And we just became exclusively Tommy John guys. They're offering their best Father's Day deal ever, 25% off site-wide, including including easy-to-gift sets that you can order straight from your phone directly to dad's door. Treat dad to a few pairs of Tommy John underwear and the softest, most breathable fabrics he's ever worn. We said they've got the perfect gift for dads in your life. Deliver comfort to dad's door 25% off site-wide tommyjohn.com slash four. That's how we're going to get you there. That's how we're going to get you your 25% off tommyjohn.com slash four. Dad's going to love it. Dad's going to be impressed. He's not going to believe that you did this well shopping, that you delivered on Father's Day, whether you're on the hunt for lounge pants, lazy day joggers, the softest Zoom ready tees, polos, or their classic underwear, whatever it could be, site-wide, tommyjohn.com slash four. That's tommyjohn.com slash four. See site for details. Okay. Um, and then real quickly, uh, Mirfield Village hosting a double header. So um, the John Deere Classic so really uninteresting that they would rather just hold a tournament at one course twice than even think about going um, to the John Deere Classic. Via Ryan Lavner at Golf Channer, Channel, not Channer, Channel. Channer. Channer Golf Channer. Hey, why don't you go get that clicker and change the Channer for me real quick? <laughs> the PGA Tour announced Tuesday has found a replacement tournament for the canceled John Deere Classic. Thank God. It'll be a full field open event that will be held without fans July 9th through the 12th, the week before the Memorial Tournament. Workday has agreed to title sponsor the first event at Mirfield Village, which will feature the 156-player field. Currently unclear what role Memorial host Jack Nicholas will have in the Workday event. The Memorial will still be played the following week with its traditional 120-player invitational field to be determined as whether that event will allow fans. So kind of interesting. Um, again, this is all via Golf Channel, Ryan Labner. That's where I pulled those quotes, uh, well, that article from uh, – Weird that I guess the memorial would be interested in like 
a turn the tournament coming the week before you think they would really want to highlight the memorial I, uh, Mirfield the memorial week i don't i don't know but uh it's interesting it's going to be weird having a double header i think but also you know it's the era of covid so it is what it is fucking illinois man mm-hmm. you no know, just really and people were reaching out to me uh when this news broke being like, oh, are you, you going to call the, the week before the John Deere Classic regardless of where it's at? No, I'm not going to do that. I would not disparage TPC Deer Run by naming some other tournament the John Deere Classic just because it's happening the same week. We're just not having the John Deere Classic this, this year. We'll be back at it next year. But, uh, yeah, it will be really interesting to see a golf course just back-to-back weeks. I don't know. That's strange. Never seen anything like that. So, I mean, I guess maybe the Pioneers number two when they had the men's and then women's U.S. Opens, but, like, that's very different. It's not the same, you know, folks playing. And I guess the field would probably be pretty different. So, um, I guess they can just do different hole locations and, like, I don't, I don't know. So, it'll, yeah. be, it'll be interesting. It'll be weird. It'll be different. But, again, it's the era of COVID, COVID so that's just kind of what we're going to get. Um, hole right. location changes, by the way. Man, I've been playing the same course consistently. This place, Rockville Links. I talk about it often. And when they ch- when I go each Monday, they change these whole, these pins around. It's a whole new course, whole locations. Because like you step up to a hole and the pins all the way on the right now tucked on top of a huge bunker. You're not even looking at the left side. I'm like, this is a whole new hole. I didn't even know the green dipped up there. You know what I mean? Like that shit. It really, really opens your eyes to what pros have to deal with, where they play the same course four days in a row, and you're dealing with all the nooks and crannies of these greens and fairways and bunkers and stuff. Because like I don't think about that shit ever. I show up to no. a course, the pins have been there for years in my mind. I don't know. It's the same <laughs> shit. It is true, too. Like, that's when you, if you get into – if you ever get into some some deep, like, course architectural BS, that's one of the things people rave about is if you have bigger, more expansive greens, you get different hole locations. And when you have different hole locations, the holes can play completely different day-to-day, which means the course can play completely different every time you play it, um, which is cool. And I think that, like, you know, a lot of the munis and, and little local tracks that we grew up playing, they've got, like, these tiny little circular gle- greens where there could be, like, two fucking hole locations and that's it and it gets very boring so it is cool as hell to go to a sweet track that's got awesome big expansive greens with a bunch of different hole locations like i'm thinking about frankie like the 14th hole at beth page black that par oh. three how they like a couple of years ago whenever they did that they expanded it and found like so now there's those hole locations on the front left yep. and that little like sliver and on the back mm-hmm. left. And it's yep. just kind of makes that hole play so much differently. It could be like a fucking six iron or like a gap wedge, depending on where the pin is. Um, that green's awesome. It is awesome. That's what I love. I mean, big greens on par threes are sweet because it can move. It changes your club, like two, three club difference, which is sweet to play the same hole and like go at a different pin and have a totally different club in hand. And clubs awesome. and country clubs take it very seriously on where they like, the the um supers will put these pins and stuff because at this place specifically they they wanted it to be like um they have like a computer system now that generates where they should be putting these pins so that it's like like it's a different one that they haven't seen so you may be a member there for years right and like you're it's always the same pins and it gets very redundant now they have this computer system that like tells them exactly how many feet off each edge so now they're getting pins that they've never seen before and like and it it goes based off the day and the weather and it's crazy they take this shit seriously their pin placement well sometimes too i've heard that like uh clubs will give like a super like you know an fu day back to the the members where the super will get to place the pins in illegal like positions where it's just impossible to make the putt or like have a good score 
which I've played in. Like, it is super fun to play against those pins when you know that they're just in impossible areas because it's so you're fun. playing against a person at that point. Yes, yes. <laughs> He's trying to make your day miserable, and you're just hoping to come in and be like, yeah, I made 12 bucks. You go it's find also, him being like, hey, that fucking pin on 12, I yeah. drained a 10-foot slider. <laughs> I, I, I took a video. Here, why don't you watch it? Like, this is what <laughs> I did. Why don't you make it a little bit more difficult yeah. there, bud? <laughs> yeah. At Aaron Hills, they call those the fucking four-play pins because that goddamn super, whenever we go there – they like okay, triple right. roll the greens and put the pins on, on in the rough, basically. You're like, what the? <laughs> right. How how are we going to play this golf course? We suck. That's right. When we were on our way, Riggs and I both got a DM from like the super. He's like, I triple, quadruple rolled the greens. <laughs> They're rolling it at like a 32, and the pins are in absolutely impossible locations. And that's like the night before you're playing Aaron Hills, which is already one of the hardest golf courses in the world. And you're like, I mean, all right. Like, you want me to go home? Like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Note to supers from when we go to your golf course from now on. Don't like do the opposite of that. We need four guys to beat good golfers. Clearly, if you watch the scramble, like, so when when we're on our own, stop putting the pins in these areas. Like, if you want to showcase your golf course, put them inside the bowls. I want to see balls rolling towards the pins. Right. I don't want to. Do you want? Do you want big celebrations out of us like <laughs> draining bombs? Put them in easier spots because otherwise, we're just going to be furious. Oh, yeah. Man. From the galleries up next, we got some very good ones to get to. If your lawn has been looking crappy lately, you got weak, thin grass. You know what that looks like. It's discouraging. It's embarrassing. You don't want people to see it. You got weeds, bugs, common wear and tear from the elements. You're breaking your back. You're trying to keep up. You don't really know what you're doing. I want my lawn to look pristine, but it just doesn't. I'm getting more and more tired. How the heck can I figure this thing out? Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. That's the answer. They love from the gallery. They love making your lawn go from crappy to phenomenal to pristine. They're going to give your lawn thicker, healthier, greener grass, and they're going to do it with less work for you. Beautiful green grass doesn't have to stop once you've left the golf course. We all know what that beautiful green grass can do to a golf course, how much it can change your whole day. It does the same thing to your lawn, same thing to your yard, same thing to your status in the neighborhood. Wow, that guy's got a great green lawn. Green like, green like Frankie's shirt. That's a beautiful green you got on your shirt, Frank. Look what is that? that? Oh, Aaron Hills? Aaron Hills caddy, caddy shirt. Wow, that's a good one. Limited edition. That's a real hanky panky. Our guys sent us some stuff. That's one of the, That's one of them. It's a really good shirt. I'm wearing two t-shirts. I don't know why. Actually, I know why. You know why? Because your nipples. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> it's uh, let's crazy, focus on man. the green of your shirt and not your protruding nipples. Uh, I I agree. I like green. Green. Oh, here's you guys want to know a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What color has the most shades? I'm going to say green. Yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> I don't have the number of really shades. Really good guess. Wow. I don't have the number of shades. I don't know the factual number. I just know, and this is a factual statement, that green has the most shades of color. Is that a, is a Frankie fact or is this a, this is a real fact? That's a, I mean, that's a Frankie fact. I, I, I heard it. <laughs> okay. Speaking <laughs> of green, Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. You got this. Go get yourself some Scott's. I was going to say, like, White. I feel like white or gray like has a million shades, doesn't it? I was going to say gray when I heard that. Um, yeah, gray. I heard it in passing. Someone Is that because of 50, you guys like think of 50 shades of gray? And that seems like a high number to you? <laughs> seems like a huge number, 50. <laughs> How many people do you think listen to this and like immediately go to their browser and type in color that has the most shades? I also like that Riggs asked you, like, is that a real, is that a Frankie fact or a real fact? And you said, I heard it. I heard it somewhere, and that's like <laughs> yeah, good you didn't really answer anything. That's man. the barrier to entry for the Frankie facts. 
Um, okay, from the gallery, we're going to get into presented by Scotts. Thank you, Scotts. Uh, Kevin says, first time shooting under par, two under 70. Is it a crazy move to snap, snap a pick with the scorecard? And then he attached a picture of him, kind of like he got a hole-in-one holding up the scorecard. Says he's a seven handicap, so chances that he'll ever go that low again are very slim. So the question is, what are like acceptable golf accomplishments to take a photo of? Where is he standing in the picture? I mean, 100% He's, it's okay. It doesn't matter. He shut I, I'm, okay. I'm on that side, too. I think it's okay. But I think where he's standing with the card is very important. Yeah, because some people do the fake hole-in-one where you're not sure, you know, where they're standing by the pin, and it looks like this has, that's kind of been uh, designated as the hole-in-one spot. Yeah. But he's, like, by the entrance or something to the course. So it's more about the course than it is about the, the flag and the hole. I think it's about who you're with, too. If I was with my dad, like my dad would definitely make me take a photo, right? He'd be like, <laughs> so like, get there in front of the flag and let's make sure that we document this. But if you're with your buddies, I think it's tough to um, ask them to pull out a pick because they're just going to be like, yeah, you had a good golf round. Like, yeah. sick, man. Like, you beat I will, us. I will say when I shot even par, I just wrote it on the golf ball. I just said, like, Took a little like marker that you mark up your ball with, and just said like even par of the round in the day. You gonna give that to a twelve year old one day? <laughs> Nobody's gonna ask for that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. Twelve year old did ask for that. For the yeah, record. he did. Hey, by the way, we hadn't. I don't even know if we talked about. We met Pete. Did we talk about that? Yep. No, I don't yeah. think we talked about it. He was the. Um, what do you call that? The, the, the. I. Is it like the standard bearer, or is that reserved only for funerals? <laughs> he's Ooh. he's the, the score bearer. I don't know. I don't know. There's got to be a technical term for that that we just don't Whatever. He's holding sign, up. He's a sign guy. He's, he's a, a sign guy. guy. Sign yeah. guy. Um, very respectful. Man, does that kid have a good head on his shoulders. The father's very into it as well, making sure that like he was staying in the right spots and he was putting in the right uh, numbers and who's up, who's down. I really enjoyed his presence. Um, I, I, I thought he was <laughs> – Trent's looking at me smirking a little bit. No. But I thought – I. And I also thought he was a little younger than what we had saw on the video. He's got very much a 12-year-old voice. So He does. Um, I was going to take it a step further, actually. I was starstruck because I did not expect so him to that. be there. <laughs> I, like, didn't ex- I didn't know he was going to be there. We rolled up. There's a putting green right next to the first tee at Pinehurst number two. And we're you know, going to go roll some putts. And Pete's just standing there. And I was like, that's the kid that beat Riggs. But like, I just didn't expect to see him. And I felt like I, like I felt before when I've been starstruck. I heard him before I saw him. I heard, hi, Mr. Pashley. And I was like, <laughs> and he, he was underneath like my elbow. I was like, oh, Pete. He, he is small. He's small. I mean, he's a little, he's a, he, he's a little 12-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will dad, say, I don't know what the size of a 12 year Like, I don't know tw- uh, many 12-year-olds. So, I, like, I only bring up the size because, like, I just could, I, I can't believe he could hit the ball that far. Yeah, true. Well, I was going to say that his father, who is extremely nice, texted me several days before. It was like, Pete would really like to be the sign guy. Is there any way we can make that happen? And I didn't respond because I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want the bad juju of, like, Pete, who defeated me on the course, like, around. I just, you know, this, like, I don't know that I want that. And then I had to remind myself, like, no, he's just like a 12-year-old kid who wants to be No, he's not a bully. He's not going to hurt me. We're going to be okay. <laughs> Dude, He's not going to, like, rip my underwear over my head and hang me from the flagpole. <laughs> you loser. <laughs> it's the opposite. He's the most respectful person I've maybe ever met. Yeah, he's great. And At one point, I, I actually uh, felt bad because he, like, when we did the cradle match with him after and Kisner and everything like that, I feel like he didn't hit it as well as he wanted to because he is, like, he's a stud golfer. 
Yeah. And I feel like you always want to like play well in front of Kisner or whatever and like show off your skills, especially when you're a kid. And I don't think he had his best stuff. But um yeah, I mean he's super nice. He's a- at, one, yeah. at one point we were deciding we were off the green and I think um I think someone had knocked it up there and I finally took a wedge out and it was like towards the end of the round against Kiz and he looked at me like and he said something like, You need this one. And I looked at him like, What the fuck did like what what the fuck did you say to me? And now like I had him in the back of my head and he's standing right there with our goddamn score and he's staring at me. I'm like, Boy, is this kid in my head right now? And I, I duffed it. And I remember looking at him and he just laughed, like shook his head and walked up and just like walked up the green with his little sign and laughed and like shook his head at me. Like, like you suck. Like it was like, a, <laughs> it was like a, holy moly, was that a bad shot kind of laugh? Like Jesus. And I was like, yeah. Oh man, am I like, he, he had me in his back pocket. Like, like he's just far, he is the adult in that situation. Right. He, he very much too is almost a little like tiger in that he's, he's his best and most comfortable on the golf course. Yeah. So like when you chat with Pete, like when we had him on the show in his home and stuff, like he's a twelve year old kid. He's shy and like a little nervous and like not really. And you kind of expect him to be like give these awesome answers in an interview. And you're like, no, he's just he's a twelve year old kid. But then when he's on the course, he's confident. Like that's when he yeah. almost like enters his own little world where he's like, no, I'm I'm the king now, bitch. And he like kind of becomes confident, cocky, and he's laughing at Frankie. He clearly beat me and wiped the floor of me. So like. He does. He changes a little bit, which is cool to see. But so there you go, Pete. Um, you're, you're like Tiger. Take that one and, and run with it. You're just like Tiger, Pete. Way to go, um, Kevin. Another Kevin. We got back to back. Kevin says, "Is it acceptable for me to request a caddy at a nice resort I'm going to as a post quarantine vacation reward, even though I'm an 18 plus handicap and I have dog shit 15 year old mix of golf clubs?" I would say, Lorch knows this. Like we had like our last buddies trip. We like made our buddy who's our highest handicap in our group take a caddy and it changed everything in the best way possible the people that need caddies the most the people that are going to save strokes and save time and save their experience on the golf course especially if it's like an iconic course the most are the highest handicaps in my opinion yeah my rounds i'm a high handicap player obviously and and every time i've had a caddy it's made my experience 300 percent better it's just way way better they can help you read greens they can tell you where to put the ball they can give you little tips here and there yeah i i couldn't agree more a higher handicap guy like myself it makes around so 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 much better yeah yeah and I think there's a stigma maybe real quick sorry lurch that um, oh it's okay i'm really not that sorry actually i don't know why i said that but there's like a stigma around you know if, if you're like caddies should only be for good players and they're going to give you the right the caddy will tell you 99% of the rounds they caddy for, people are horrible. And, like, and most people in golf are horrible. But, like, they're like, no, no, we, like, the people that we caddy for, like, never break 100, never break 90. Like, it's just, that's the average golfer. It's really, 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 really hard. And so people shouldn't feel, like, embarrassed or nervous to be like, oh, I have a caddy. I'm not going to play well. Like, brother, they see that every day. Yeah, actually, time, well, <laughs> I'd like to know what he's, his, like, fear is in getting a caddy. Like, I think it's a great idea to get a caddy. It's all about the experience. It's all about the walk, as some people say. And, like, great caddies can make it just a way better experience. So I'm, I'm actually interested to know his fear, like, and what, what the problem really is. It's like the caddy's there. It's his job. Like, he's out there to have some fun. As long as you have a good attitude, it'll be great. The only time the opposite of that comes in, into play is when you're at a place like Sage Valley when we went there with Kisner. 
and I was stepping up to the tee and my caddy like heard that we were only playing nine and he scoffed and was like only nine. And then he saw my swing and I duffed five in a row. He picked up my bag and walked to the first tee. I wasn't even allowed to continue my practice. He was so disgusted with my performance on the range that he knew what kind of day was in for him. Um, at that moment, I'd never been more scared to have a caddy because I was like, but the flip side is you guys were best friends by the end of the day. But our arc was something a movie uh, crew would love to write that kind of story. I mean, we started out as enemies and we became brothers on the third or fourth hole. I mean, he was like my dad. It was crazy. Saw something funky there. It. He saw something funky. He. That, that time that he pulled the seven out of my hand and just got in my face and says, we're going to go with a five. Like, let them all take seven. Like, we're going to put this thing right next to the stick. And looking at me, like, eye to eye, like, it was fucking Bagger Vans, man. It was nuts. Uh, yeah. So, long story short, anybody should take a caddy. And I think the worse you are, like, the more uh, important a caddy is going to be and the better it'll be that you have one. All right, we're actually going to hit people with a little Frankie fact right here. Did you know that your skin is the largest organ on your body? What? I knew that. Did you? I think so. I think I've heard that before. Is it in the Maybe. same class of organ as your liver? Like, I think an organ's an organ. Yeah, I don't think there's much. Like, I think the definition stays the same. You think there's like class A organs, class B organs? How many organs do you have, Trent? Uh, I'm going to say five. Really? I'm going to say like 12. What? Like your brain's an organ. Oh, shit. Your heart, your spleen, your liver, your, your, lungs, skin, your skin, your lungs. We're already, we're already past five, unfortunately. Frankie's trying to look it up, but he doesn't look like he's got any answers. Is your dick an organ? Oh, interesting. What about your testicles? Anyways, none of this has anything to do with what I was trying to make the point of, which is that your skin is, is the largest organ in your body. It takes up an estimated 16% of your entire body mass. So it's very important that you would take care of it. Ors and Alves Natural Skin Care is the perfect addition to towel time. We talk a lot about towel time on here. Learn to swing software. 78 organs? There's nearly 78 organs in our body according to shape, size, and function, from which 22 are internal. I was I was wrong with five. Five was wrong. Five vital external, like your oh vital. So there are different classes. Thank you. A vital. This is what I asked. A vital organ is a heart, brain, kidney, liver, lungs. A sensory organ is eyes, ears, nose, tongue. Okay. Skin. And it goes on and on and okay. on. You were right. You were right. Ors and Alps, they got a whole range of products to elevate your skincare routine. Their solid face wash contains activated charcoal, which exfoliates your skin for deep cleaning i've actually i use this stuff it's phenomenal it's phenomenal <laughs> it's so good i just need to interrupt you like i do all the time i can't live right. without ors and alps and i've said this a million times i do not know what's going to happen if like something happens or like if ors and alps when i'm 80 years old isn't around what am i going to do to not have my body perspirate like i i genuinely can't go a day without using an ors and alps product and i've like argued with my, my buddies about this i was at like an outdoor uh, social distancing picnic at the at the park and like my buddy saw me putting on oars and i was like what is that 
I'm like, it's natural deodorant. He's like, why do you need natural deodorant? I put on whatever, like big deodorant. And it, and it, I put it on at night, apparently, he said. And when he wakes up, that's how it activates. <laughs> put it on at night, and the next day, you're actually not sweating. It was crazy. What? I'm like, bro, I put on something that is good for me. Like, I used to get red marks underneath my armpits. You know, remember when it used to, like, you know when it, like, that that crappy stuff, like, like it all, like. Yellow stuff on your shirt? Yellow on your shirt. And then also yeah. sometimes, like, your hair will have, like, white, like, crust oh. on them. You yep. know that shit? And then you got to peel them off and, like, the hair comes up. It I hurts. I can't tell you how good I feel with this Orzanov stuff. It's the shampoo, the face wash, the cleansers, and the, the I mean, the different smells, too. I use the orange one and then the blue one uh, for the deodorant. It's just, you have to get it. It's life-changing. And it's not just an ad. They can stop. And sponsoring and i'll still use it I mean, here's yeah. how you get it here's how you get it you go to orsonalbs.com use code rigs and you're gonna get 15 percent that's limited time only so get your ass over to orsonalbs.com code is rigs you get 15 percent off it's all natural baby and it's got they got this the the face wash they've got a ton of different products we use all of them orsonalbs.com code rigs 15 percent off jack says what are each of your greatest golf achievements I mean, my uh, I got I'll go. my easiest one is my 102 at Aaron Hills. That's by far the best um, golf achievement. I would have loved, boy, boy, oh boy, would I have loved to break 100 that day. But just playing that well and that difficult of a course, um, that's definitely mine. What, what about your putt in Australia? Fuck. I didn't even think about that. I know. It's a different. It's just like a one-off versus a full round. I think it might be that putt. I've now that was on camera and everything. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. They're very different in that. Like the Aaron Hills round took like four and a half hours, and the putt took twenty five seconds. But <laughs> the elation I felt from that putt and having it on video and the celebration with Frankie that that's right up there. It's one or two, one A and one B. Those two events. Oh man, this is a tough one. Um, holy shit. I, well, like I, my brain just sucks, right? So, like I, I'm not so good at remembering scores from rounds. You know what, Frankie? It might be the your eighth chip hole at, at Pebble Beach. Your eighth hole at Pebble Beach, maybe. Remember the one. chip in at Bayonne? That thing was unreal. Yeah, from the bunker, I just, I just sank one in from the bunker. It was going 200 miles an hour, but somehow <laughs> drilled the bottom of the hole. We got it on video. It was like, it was incredible. Dude, that was the only video I took that whole day. I just was like, oh, Frankie's in this bunker. He's fucked. And I filmed it, and he holed it. <laughs> um, but the eighth hole at Pebble Beach is a really good one. I think pros would all like to take that hole when they're playing that in a professional golf match. Um, and then another one was, you know, like I said, my brain sucks. I don't remember what I shot. It was a low 80 score. I was playing really good golf at this time. I didn't have the mental yips. I wasn't on this show at the time. I was just with my buddies. I don't even think I was working at Barcelona at the time. I was just in college. We all play, it was when we were playing Beth Page Black like every weekend. We were getting out there. Um, I used to work at four o'clock in, at Pirelli, so I'd get like a ten o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock Beth Page Black tea time, and I'd play, and then I'd go work at Pirelli's. It was great. I was playing the most golf of my life, even more than now, which is crazy. Um, and I remember we played an afternoon round. It was like a twilight Beth Page Black round. It was with my buddy Mike, and I don't know who else I was with. Maybe my buddy Tom, but they would they would remember this better than me because I have the worst brain in the world. But I played so well this day that we all – it got so dark on 16, 17, and 18 that they stopped, like, caring about their round, and we all just worried about me ending my round. So, like, we stepped up to the 17th, and it's like 
that amazing historical part three at Beth Page Black. It's usually where the huge grandstands are. And we can't see a thing. And I just rip like a four iron and it just goes into nothing, nothingness. And we're all running up there. I have a search party and the ball is just off the back of the green. And I trip up and I tap in for par. We're like, holy shit. Like, I think I was shooting like an 82 or something. It was like the first time I was in like the low 80s. I remember getting up to 18 and no, none of them even hit. And I just, I hit a drive and like I had a four caddy out there. Like my buddy's like, let me go run out there and we'll see where it goes. And I played the 18th hole in the pitch black. And I remember hitting the green in two. And then I, we had a putt to the point where we were legitimately using like our flashlights on our phone to see where the hole was. It was pitch black. Um, and I remember getting it in and that was like such a cool moment. Cause like, we always talk about like, remember that time we played in the pitch black just to finish your like regular round, but like it's Dude. pitch black and it's like a personal record there. It was really cool. That reminds me of bar boogle with Lurch. Remember when you guys closed us out on like the fucking 13th hole and then Lurch had a yep. career round going. So we were all just following Lurch. Yep. But I totally blew up on the 18th, um, Mad, and legit fell, plan. which will be hysterical on video. Um, <laughs> The other, I think my, I mean, mine's simple. I think it's beating Kisner is like my best golf experience and best golf moment. Uh, um, wow. I mean, that was sweet, dude. I mean, like, I legit, my expectations were, like, I believed we could win, but I thought the chances were against us. Um, Do you so think I because think, you played so well personally that it's more of a No, I mean, yeah, I mean, brain? I definitely played well, but, like, it wasn't, uh, no, I'm, I mean, everybody helped out, which was sweet. It was like Did a you like that story. little part of the teaser I put in where I, I snuck in that one? Of course. Where like, I mean, I'd be crazy not to like that part where <laughs> Kisner's like, he hits it so well or whatever. Like, it's going to be way too hard to hit. Yes. <laughs> that was I mean, huge. That was like, huge. If, you think, if anyone doesn't like that, then I don't, I don't know how to talk to I them. knew that you were going to uh, like that one for sure. The teaser, uh, and then it always comes back to your teaser. And, and I know the teaser, I'm going crazy with the teaser, but – the slow-mo of – I mean, this is all the camera work in this one, but the slow-mo of Riggs is walking. Like, that That's ball was staying for an shot. eternity. <laughs> I just kept waiting for it to disappear, and I was like, this clip's getting better and better every time. You it took does. two yeah, steps, like, and the ball still didn't disappear. Yeah. Which is Speaking crazy. Of that, and I waved my putter. I took two steps and, like, switched hands with my putter. <laughs> I mean, speaking of that, is that your number one – your best golf achievement? Oh, yeah. So I was going to say that, like, that legitimately felt – like we had won an, an actual golf tournament. Like people around the resort were congratulating us and like, and have been ever since. Like when I see people, people come like out of the coffee shop that are working behind the counter, like congrats on that win against kids. Like we won the fucking U S open. So I think that has to be number one. The only thing that I can think of that would be close or maybe tied for me was like the first time I played the old course at St. Andrews, I birdied 18 on my own ball and like that was that that green is obviously in the fucking town you've got the uh, royal and ancient right behind it the clubhouse there you've got people kind of like scattered around watching like leaning in on the fence and i birdied 18 playing my own ball like as in at like golden hour and that was just like like what world am i in right now and some fan i think his name was like leon or something like that filmed it and legit, like, I didn't even know he was there. He was just standing on the street and filmed me putting out and making a birdie on the 18th hole at, at the old course. But I would I would still probably have to say the putt against Kiz. Like, that moment, us beating him, how, how like, how much we came together and how, how, like, legitimate of a round of golf it felt like. It felt like a U.S. Open round of golf. Like, we were grinding. There were moments we were in the driver's seat. We were like, we got birdie looks. 
we're going to make one of these. There were moments where we were like, we're in trouble. We need a heroic shot. There were moments where we were like, we're two thirty out. How are we going to, how are we going to get anywhere near the hole? And like Lurch or Frankie would rip a long iron. It was like, it felt like a very legitimate grind of a, of a round of golf, except we just got to split it up amongst four. And like, yep. we won a huge golf tournament with three of our buddies. Like that is that's just, I don't know how it gets any cooler than that. Walking down four and five at Pebble Beach is probably the moment of golf I remember the most vividly. Because it had nothing to do with my swings. I was hitting the balls in the water. I was chunking shit. <laughs> I hit the fence on four. Some, like, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's the moment where I'll actually see the golf course the most. Does that make any sense? Like, I actually yeah. remember yeah. what it looked like to, a, like to an actual millimeter of everything. And my brain's mashed potatoes, so I can't remember anything. But that, I can, I can feel the wind in my face when I think about walking up that huge five and six. And it's just – I do agree with you because I, when I play Pebble and you leave four and you look right and you see six green and you see everything building up to six, it is – that's like a vivid memory. I've got a couple yeah. golf courses on my head where if I close my eyes, I can picture it like just like you said to the millimeter. And – pebbles certainly that because also you're like trapped in the trees and you're so waiting to see pebble you know you don't play pebble to play one or two like you play pebble to play six seven eight all the through 18 um and so when you first see it you're like holy hell i'm here here like before i was on the golf course but now i'm like i'm getting in the teeth of it and this is I mean, this is part of why I play golf. Like because heavy. even like the day, like even like that next week or whenever we ended up going back for the U.S. Open, like we walked up that fifth fairway with like JT and like his family and like during the practice round, I was like, this is yep. like crazy that we were here being able to just play this course, mm-hmm. like a, whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. Like that to me was like, I, it didn't make any sense that we were allowed to do it. Pebble does have that effect. I agree. And that's why I've, I believe that it's like underrated. I think that, you know, like golf, golf, the golf world wants to hate Pebble because of how much exposure it's gotten. And the fact that it's like a cash factory and they charge a bazillion dollars and they just crank tee times all day long. And then you get there and you've seen it on the video game a million times and you've seen it on us opens and tigers clips and highlights. They play a tournament there every year and you get there and you're like, Oh, Oh, I haven't seen it like this, like this. Whoa. Like this, and we get to just play this game on top of all of this? Like, well, how can that be a thing? So I agree with that. I think Pebble is like the only place that's had that strong of an effect when you see it. Yeah. And that shot uh, on eight was pretty cool. But Yeah, well, I remember uh, – can we make <laughs> any, a Zoom connection go out again? Any PGA Tour pro, boy, would they take that. <laughs> is that shot on video, by the way? I've actually never gone back and, like, looked at that hole. Um, sure it is. That was the day we almost lost Jake. I think I, have, I think I have it somewhere. Well, I mean, I'm looking at – I mean, during quarantine, man, I'm running out of things to pleasure myself to. Yeah, so he's you looking wanna, to powder up and watch some, some If you golf. want to send that over to me, man, I got some more uh, – I got, I got all the time in the world. I'll go looking for it. <laughs> I think that's the show. I think that's pretty much all I got. You clowns got anything? It's, um, it's conservatively uh, – conservatively uh, – What's what are you, what are you doing? Right. It's conservatively. What are you doing? Right. Be in there. It's too hot in his room for him to speak. Conservatively, eighty-five degrees in my room. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I guess it's a Long Island thing. We were just talking with Brendan and Jake. Um, we don't have like central air in my house, so we have to put these AC units in all these windows. 
I mean, it's a whole day, the whole thing. Who's going to help me put the AC in the windows? <laughs> and sometimes you got to put, like, the wood on the sides. It's like a whole thing. It's a whole Why are you wearing a sweatshirt then? To be honest, bro, I don't know. Like, I, I'm wearing a hoodie. You, I don't know. You you are incredibly lethargic right now. Like, you, the heat has taken over. And, like, you, as soon as we're done here, you're just going to fall asleep. I'm going to take an ice-cold shower. But, like, this is the pains of having to put these AC units in the, in the window. Because then you don't want to do it. And then the heat comes quick. The heat comes quick. Yeah, it does. I remember when my parents first got divorced and when my dad bought a place. We had AC. Two Christmases. Know, uh, yeah, two Christmases, one of the benefits. But we awesome. had to put those AC units in. And uh, the cold shower is the key to any good sleep. You take a freezing cold shower, you put that thing on blast, and then you get in your covers and hope to and God. Then you, and, then you, and then you die of hypothermia? Like, no, no, he's no. right, man. Dude, you literally try to time it up just right so then you fall asleep while you're still, like, cold. Because you'll wake up eventually in the middle of the night. Like, the AC unit will break like or fall out of the window. The heat's just pouring in. You got to time it up and make sure it's perfect. Maybe even, like, tidy up your bed a little bit. Yes. Yes. Before you get into the shower. So, like, yes. you, stretch all the, you stretch all the stuff around. You make sure the pillows are nice and tight. And you get in the shower, you know you're coming back to a nice, clean bed. And you don't even put clothes on. You slip right into no. that thing naked. No, boy, oh man, does that feel good? I don't even know. I don't even know how much you dry yourself off. <laughs> I don't know how. I think you leave your head wet. Like, boy, am I gonna do that today? You just, just a soaking wet bed the next morning. But oh, and at that point, you can just start pissing all over, and it doesn't matter. Like it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? All right, boys. Well, that's about it yeah. for me. All right. Yeah, that was really fun. That up. was a good time. Uh, we'll be back next week. Everybody have a lovely weekend. Hit it hard. Hit it hard. Hit it hard. Hit it hard. Barstool Sports teamed up with New Amsterdam Vodka to officially create our signature drink. It is the Pink Whitney. Yes, it's created by the Spit and Chicklets crew. We may have sparred with them over the years. Doesn't matter. They can make a drink. That's just that's just those are facts and the result from what they did, from coming up with the Pink Whitney, from working with New Amsterdam Vodka, the Spit and Chicklets crew came up with a seriously smooth vodka infused with fresh pink lemonade flavor. Keep this game changer on deck for a tailgate, a pregame, a watch party with social distancing, of course. If you can't find a bottle of Pink Whitney yet, you can head over to your local liquor store, ask them directly to get some bottles in stock or in participating markets. You can even check Drizzly for home delivery. Again, brought to you by New Amsterdam Vodka. Uh, our partners at New Amsterdam Vodka, they're the official vodka of the NHL as well as the official vodka of Barstool Sports. They're on a mission to help you find your wins all season long. Pink Whitney, go get yourself some. It's delicious. You're going to love it. All right, folks, we're joined by a very special guest. Um, very, very well known, has been in some iconic, iconic films uh he's got the holy moly mini golf competitions on abc which i'm sure we'll get into rob riggle joining the show the hilarious rob riggle thanks for joining the show my friend absolutely thanks for having me so where are you coming where are you coming uh to us from here today sunny los angeles yeah <laughs> yeah i uh so i wonder have you guys been able to play any golf i mean i know maybe me a little bit up north san francisco they've opened a little bit but is la a little more locked down no, actually, uh, recently we've, they've opened up the golf courses. Um, 
you know, there's still, you know, certain rules around it, but, but it's fine. It's actually been good because, you know, they, they're not letting people use carts or anything. So uh, it's back to old school. It's back to like college golf. You know, you're humping your bag around yeah. the course. You're getting in a nice, it's, you know, if I, if I go out and play rustic or play any of these courses, you know, it's about a six, seven mile hump with that, with your gear, with the, with the clubs. Uh, and it feels good. You, you know, you, you get some good exercise. It's not just uh, cart golf with uh, Bloody Marys. Both right. terms, humping it around, humping the bag around the course. I don't know where that hump term came from, but it's a good term. It's a, it's a military term. It's a military term. Uh, okay. It also oh, keeps you straight, right? Because you don't want to be spraying the ball around. So I've, I've often gotten into like that cart style of golf where even if I hit it onto the other fairway, I'm like, I'll just drive there and I'll be fine. But when you're carrying your own bag, every shot means a little bit more because you're not walking <laughs> over the creeks and then through the trees. Like you better keep this thing straight because your health is on the line, not just your, your score. <laughs> Absolutely. And then by the time it gets around the 17th or 18th hole you, and you hit it and it's just a little too far out of the way, you go, ah, screw it. I'll take the penalty. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you an excuse too, right? You, you start doing that like, ah, I'm tired. You know, we walk. Yeah. I'm tired. That, that I'm tired on the 16th hole is classic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Rob, hit me with like go- kind of golf. You've been, always been a golfer. Did you get into it when you were young? Was it kind of uh, influenced by somebody in your life, or did you get into it later? How long, you know, where where's your relationship with golf come from? You know, it, self-starter. Uh, I was I was I was doing something in my parent in my parents' house. Well, obviously, I was a kid. I was like eleven, and uh, I I found a, a set of golf clubs that were my mom's. But they fit me because, you know, she's little. Um, I was little. Um, and there were these old clubs from the 1950s, Patty Berg's. There were these Patty Berg uh, signature clubs or whatever, like Wilson made them or whatever. And real Woodwoods, you know, leather uh, grips that had been worn slick. No one touched them in two decades probably. Uh, and I, I came upstairs with them. I go, what are these? And she said, oh, those are my old clubs. I was like, uh, they fit me. Can I, and I never, I said, take me to a driving range. Or, you know, I begged her to take. So she did. And uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I had a baseball grip and I was swinging as hard as I could. And, uh, but I went through a bucket of balls and, and, you know, it was miserable. I was topping everything, I, whiffing. I mean, but I think the last couple of balls, I, I hit it just right on the sweet spot. And that tuning fork goes off in your loins. Yep. And I was like, that was amazing. So then I was like, I'm in. You got me, golf. You got me for life. I'm in. So, uh, so that was it. Then I just uh, I, I, I started playing. And I, I never took a lesson until I was an adult, which, you know, such a waste of time. I should have taken a lesson and gotten away from so many bad habits. But anyway, uh, and I loved it. I absolutely loved the game and still to this day love it for so many reasons. But, yeah, I What's- love the game. What's the golf scene like in the Hollywood scene? I mean, is there like a, a circle? Like, who's your who's kind of your crew that you'll play with uh, around you know around the area? Um, you know, the, yes, the golf's big uh, anywhere really, but it's uh, there are different groups, um, and you know, there's there's guys that you play with for different reasons, different different social groups. But I have one group of guys that I, I like a lot. Um, uh, we call ourselves the Ramblers. There's um, the drummer for Steel Panther uh, sticks it in you. Um, uh, Court McGowan, uh, who's a comedian, uh, Brent, and Dan. It's kind of a road group, you know, whoever can make it out. You know, standard standard gambling, you know, skins, valid, um, all that stuff. Um, if, you're, if you're in the fairway with someone, you always got to go closest to the hole if you're the same distance, you know. 
So we, there's always side betting, and, and it's a blast. We always have a good time. So what's up with the so holy moly mini golf? You know, I mean, I feel like with things with, with top golf and all these golf's trying to become more fun, and people are trying different variations of it. Um, so talk to us a little bit about you know holy moly and the mini golf competitions. Yeah, uh, holy moly is uh, we're going into our second season. The first season went really well. People really responded to the show. It's a fun show. It's it's uh, miniature golf meets um, wipeout, so to speak. Um, and so you have these not only trying to do these miniature hole golf, uh, miniature golf holes that are, are challenging in their own right, but you got to overcome all these obstacles too. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, people get sent into the water, <laughs> launched, uh, and it's fun. It's fun to watch. Um, we have professional golfers out there. We have grandmothers out there. Uh, and Joe Tessitore, who's a, a awesome sports announcer, he and I are doing the play-by-play, and, and we're having a blast. I, I don't do any preparation before the show because I can't respond to, to it until I see it, you know. So I'm just – I'm, re, I'm reacting as I see it. And, uh, and that's fun because I, a lot of times I, I'll say whatever comes to mind, and if I get Joe to laugh, I feel like I've won. Uh, <laughs> so that's always a good thing. Um, but it's a fun show, and, and, and it's, it's great for the whole family because the whole family can watch it, uh, grandparents all the way down to the little ones. So that's rare these days. Um, and it's also a good competition show. You know, I miss sports. I miss competition. Right. Uh, and, and this is a fun way to, you know, you pick someone that you really like for whatever reason, and you get behind them, and you, you watch how far they go. Yeah, it is. I feel like everybody's hungry for any competition they can get right now. So we actually we had uh, we had the Jonas Brothers on the show yesterday, and they were kind of telling us how they build it out when they build their tour. They kind of tell their people like, "Hey, we want to make sure we can hit this area so we can play this golf course." You've obviously been a part of a bunch of movies that we're all incredibly familiar with. On set, I mean, are there are you guys trying to sneak out and play? Are you finding like the hot spots like when you're? when you're filming some of these movies, like, like, the, hey, like what is, what is the golf scene? Like, uh, you know, with, Oh that? yeah. Uh, a lot of movies these days are shot in Atlanta, uh, and Vancouver. That's just industries. That's where the tax breaks are. So that's where they go. Um, yeah, I was, when I was shooting Dumb and Dumber two, Jeff Daniels is a big golfer, the Fairley brothers golfers. So, you know, it wasn't hard to find a game. Uh, and, and you know, we always find each other. Because I'll be standing on set working on my grip, working on my swing, you know, uh, and it's easy to identify each other. And uh, so, yeah, especially when those guys are involved, because then, you know, every weekend we had a foursome and we'd go play around Atlanta, you know, great courses, you know, these wonderful courses. Um, So uh, that always helps when you have somebody that has a little juice who can get you onto some cool courses. Um, But yeah, anywhere I go, uh, if I'm working, I usually take the sticks with me uh, on the outside chance that, that a golf golf game breaks out. Yeah. I love the thought, right? Like most people, they're nine to five. They're like, Hey, if we could wrap up this report, we can get out, get in a quick nine. You guys are like, let's wrap this scene, man. You got to nail this fucking line so we can yeah. go play some. That's totally. awesome. I, I, and they have a, and they do have a, a, um, a top golf down in Atlanta and many was the night when we wrapped and we wouldn't have time to go, you know, play 18 or play even squeeze in nine. But we wanted to hit, uh, so we'd go to Top Golf and uh, you know have a beer, uh, swing the club a little bit, you know, do a little side betting, have some fun. Love that. It was it was a great way to to round out the uh, the day. So yeah, we did that quite a bit actually. 
uh, just to kind of get into just I'm curious about your your career when it comes to pick and rolls. What's your process like for that? Because, I mean, I've only seen like Entourage where it's like a legitimate kind of look at scripts, who reads scripts, who decides. So for you, I mean, if you're going to decide to take a role in something, how does that process work? Uh, a lot of times uh, it depends on if they offer it. Let's just start there. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it's so funny. I have people go, they go, you should start your own movie. Um, it, 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 the, the people that hold the purse strings, the people that, uh, you know, are in, in charge of, you know, the studio heads, the directors, all this stuff, they make the decision. Um, all you can do is go in there and, and, and try. Now it, I play a comedic jerk pretty well. Um, uh, so well that I keep getting offered that role over and over and over. And you know, that's the, that's the curse of doing something well. Um, and I'm not, I don't mind it. I think it's, I think it's a fun role to play. It's, it's, it's very rare that you get to be a jerk in real life. So it's kind of fun to take that side of your personality out for a walk every now and then. But you know, as a, as a actor, you know, you want to, and a comedian, I, I love to do comedy, but I can do other things too. It's just a matter of getting the opportunities to do it. So uh, yeah, I, I look for roles that I, I find interesting. I, I read scripts, but a lot of times I'll go in for, for a role uh, because I have a mortgage um, and because I have a car payment and I have two children and, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, if I had unlimited funds and I could do whatever I want, I'd only audition for certain things, but that doesn't, that's not real. So. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. It is, it's, it's right. It's such a different world than a lot of us can envision. And sometimes you only see the really glamorous parts of it or portrayals of it. So just hearing kind of a raw, like, no, no, I got to pay the bills. so I'm going to take this job <laughs> is, is fun. And it's like, I do feel like a lot of times you see it almost maybe more often in comedy of, of people who have, like, I feel like even Vince Vaughn, like as big as he is, like he a lot of times plays a pretty similar character and for whatever reason in comedy i feel like that just kind of sticks with you guys yeah again it's that thing if you if you do something well then uh, people like it and they they trust you to do it and then they trust you to do it well but then they you know they come back and they're like oh this character is you know uh um, a loudmouth car salesman who rips people off okay well then there's a short list. There's Dave Keckner. There's me. There's, you know, you, you, you know what I mean? Like there's a handful of people that you go to for that character. Uh, and again, I don't have a problem with that. I'm, I'm honored. I, I love being a working actor. Uh, um, but yeah, of course I would love to be a cowboy in a Western. Uh, you know, I like to be the bad guy in a Western or the good guy in a Western or, you know, a gangster film. I, you know, I can do other things, but it's that thing of, can you get the opportunity to show those colors. And, you know, a lot of times the answer is no. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you do what you do. Um, the fact, if you're a working actor, you know, just count your blessings. That's so I, I count my blessings every day. I'm always grateful. I'm never complaining about any of this stuff, but <clears throat> yeah, you asked. So that that's the answer. <laughs> I'm like, I, I do love the thought of like every four or six months, it's like the, you and the same crew in the waiting room being like, all right, what's up boys? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, oh, oh God. It's the same faces every time. We all, and we all see each other we're like, you know, coach Reynolds, coach Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, getting back to your golf game really quickly. What's like, what's the strong part of your game? What's, what do you feel good about? What are you, what are you working on right now? 
Um, oh, I, that, that's such a great question. What's the strong part of your game? I, my game ebbs and flows. It's so hot and cold. Coming off the tee, I do pretty well. I'm, I'm usually pretty consistent coming off the tee. Um, my 100-yard in shot, my 100 to 125 in, uh, which is kind of a wedges, uh, wedge, that kind of wedge, when I get to take a full swing, yep. uh, is pretty good. Um, my around the green wedges are pathetic because I decel every time. And so I'm getting so pissed about decelerating that now I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to decel. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And so what do I do? I, I take a much bigger swing than I need to I accelerate and I'm, I'm flying greens. I'm, you know, I'm, I, it's, I got no touch. I'm, I'm, I'm a gorilla around the green and it's all because I don't want to decel. And, and so I, I got to work on that. Um, and sometimes like the putter's hot and sometimes mm-hmm. it's cold as ice. So it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. Like it's if I if I if I played consistently enough, maybe I could smooth some of these things out. But I'm I'm not nearly consistent. I feel like you enough, just entered you know? my brain. I feel like you just saw my deep. <laughs> you just saw my deepest, darkest secrets. That's just like around the greens, being a gorilla. That's everything that I'm about, man. I have no touch. I have no feel. It's actually it's the most embarrassing part about my life is that I yeah. can't get the ball onto the green. You you, you can yeah. hit the ball, like you said, off the tee. I can hit it 265, 270. I can hit a nice draw. Nice. And then all of a sudden, like, we're 10 feet off the green, and I can't get it done. <laughs> like, how, how can I not do yeah. it from this distance when I can take a full swing and get it out there? It makes no sense to me. Um, that's so and you that's obviously- the thing, too, about – that's the thing about my game also is I'm regulation golf. I'm golden. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm two on, two putt, boom. Two, you know, I'm usually a two putter, usually. Um, but if I get in trouble, forget it. I, I can't get out of trouble. Like I watch the pros play, and when the pros get in trouble, they don't even raise an eyebrow. They're like, all right, I guess I'm on, you know. They get up and down. They do they do whatever they have to do to make par. If I get in trouble, man, I'm dead on arrival. I'm double bogey. I'm I'm balling my pocket. It's over. So I you know, if I'm fairways and greens, I'm gold. And I guess that's everybody. But the good golfers can recover from their mistakes. I can't. I can't. Uh, so you've obviously played in like big circles with big people and maybe pro-ams and stuff like that. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you've really embarrassed yourself on the golf course? Like, have you hit, hit one of those shots where you couldn't get out of trouble or, or been in front of a, a gallery or something where you just couldn't get it done? No, thank God. Uh, okay, I, good. I have, I, have played, I have played in a lot of very high-profile, massive gallery I got to play in the 2016 Ryder Cup celebrity matchup, uh, which was at, was at Hazeltine. And it was the first competition offering. So there was 14 American celebrities and 14 European celebrities. And we went against each other. Uh, It was me and Kurt Rust, um, two European soccer studs. um, (laughs) And we were sacrificial lambs because Kurt, uh, (laughs) Kurt, Kurt and I were like, I'm a 12 handicap. He's like probably a, a nine or a 10 and Del Piero, I think it was one of the Italian soccer players was like a, a four handicap. And then uh, the Ukrainian soccer guy, uh, Krasinski or something, I don't know. He was, um, he was like a four handicap. So we were like, they're, they're going to murder us because it was yeah. a two man scramble, right? Kirk and I went out there on us soil and we smoked them. It was, it was, it was, it was oh. one of the highlights of my life. Uh, <laughs> and I have a video of me sinking, a putt it was probably eh, nothing dramatic but it was probably like a 12 13 footer to win the hole and oh. when it goes the roar from the guy around it probably five deep 
Uh, no and, you know, it sounded like the Super Bowl. It was one of the great highlights of my golf experience. It was very cool. It was, the team was, it was Kelly uh, Stick, man. Wow. And um, Bill uh, Murray, uh, Jeremy Roenick, uh, um, Michael Phelps, um, Huey Lewis, uh, Kurt Russell, myself, Chef Todd English. And then, like the other other team was a kid from uh, One Direction, uh, Nails, Niles, or whatever. Um, uh, Martina Navratilova, uh, another, you know, some European chefs, some rugby players, a couple soccer players. Like it was this great European. When they wore the European uniforms, we wore the U.S. uniforms. We got the games in the locker room, and and we were the first competitive offering. So the U.S. fans were jacked up for it. Like they wanted to see some golf. And uh, so when you when you hit a shot, uh, like I hit one uh, about 125 out uh, and just stuck it probably six feet from the pin, you know, and, the, and the, everybody in the gallery goes nuts. Like those, I, I can never express to you what that feels like because I never in my wildest dreams ever thought that would ever happen, uh, to, you know, or to be part of something like that where you're playing golf in front of a massive gallery like that. Um, so definitely one of the coolest things I ever did. Also, I play in the Tahoe tournament every year and that's got like 40,000 spectators and you know, you hit a bad shot, and they're not—they're not very casual about it. They're like, you know, they heckle, uh, which sucks. Because <laughs> you want to turn you around hit and balls them, six feet, then. Yeah, you want to—you want to turn around and, and tee up another one and drive it at them. Like you said, you have to smile and go, "Yeah, you're right. I really do suck." And then <laughs> well, you're a 12 handicap playing in front of 40,000 spectators. Aren't you nervous, like drilling one of these people, like off the tee box? Like, I mean, I would be shitting my pants being up there in front of that five people deep, like. Every yeah. single swing has so much more magnitude to it. You have like, to you just take helmets on the, on the yeah. green or the fairway. Yeah, that, yes. You know, it's funny, too, because in the Tahoe, I, I oftentimes they put the comedians together a lot. So I end up playing with Laird, the cable guy, who is absolutely so much fun. He's a great hang. He really is. I love him. And he plays with more distraction than anybody I've ever seen because everywhere he goes, the gallery is screaming, get her done, get her done, <laughs> hey, mama, hey, Maynard. They're just, they're just relentless. They're yelling at him. And, and That's like Happy Gilmore out there. That, you know, it is. It really is. But he's, he's like I said, he's so gracious that, you know, he'll, he, he'll swing and then he'll get her down and he'll, you know, wave and high five and he talks to everybody. And he's really a great player. But when we get to that whole 17 in Tahoe, it's a par three and it's half of it is the beach. So all these boats pull up and on the beach and it's, you know, rock and roll music and girls in bikinis and everybody's drinking and beer bonging and it's this party. And then on the other side, you know, the people that bought tickets and they're a little more conservative. And then the, um, the green is surrounded. And, but it's, a, it's just a corridor of people. He, he steps up to the green every year. He's like, please move back. I'm not kidding. And everyone's like, ah, oh, Larry, you're the best. He's like, no, it's, this is not a joke. I'm asking you to please move back for your own safety. Because he, he will have, he'll send a hot smoker right at eye level, right down the whole way, about 150 yards. And he's like, I tried to warn him. I tried to warn him every year. Nobody believes me. Oh, it's nice to hear because we've I mean, everybody's watched tv and people will if tiger sprays a tee shot you know they'll line up and there's like a, a seven foot gap but he's tiger woods but even us yeah. we're thinking if he miss hits this a little bit someone will die and die. now you're taking the same crowds and you've got you guys out there who you play golf <laughs> like us it sounds like and it's like no no people we're not we're not here to be funny man and make you laugh like get the fuck out of the way you're gonna die <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I do. I do ask for a little wider berth than most people when I uh, when I'm hitting. If I'm and I'm usually hitting out of the rough. Let's be honest. So I'm usually hitting among the crowd, 
And I have to say, everybody give me a little move, move back for your own protection. <laughs> it's all fun and games until Larry the Cable Guy hit the screamer over the green right to your temple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, put him in, I put him into the crowd all the time. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's great. So that's funny. Good. Are you ever hoping like, um, oh, I think the crowd might have, might have kept that ball a little closer to the fairway than I deserve to be. <laughs> oh, believe me, I, you know. As, as a golfer in a competition, I'm like, I hope, I hope if it hits someone, it hit them in their backpack and then kicked out into the fairway. I never want to hurt anybody, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, who doesn't want a favorable kick? Come on now. <laughs> yeah, that's like in the Tiger Woods video game, you play with the crowd on and you'd be like, hit that guy, hit that guy, and then your ball would just sit right there. You'd be fine. <laughs> so, so you've played Hazeltine, uh, incredible golf course. What's your favorite – golf course whether it be for like fun aspect or just like the history of the game what's your favorite golf course that you've played that i've played is pebble beach no no doubt uh, um the history the of it um the you know walking the course you know it's one of those things like i went to the masters for the first time a couple of years ago um and i've been watching the masters my whole life and so to actually walk the ground and see the holes and it, it was not to be too corny, but it was magical. It was it was a really powerful thing to to actually physically walk where it is and, and realize how massive it is and the hills are so huge and rolling stuff you don't get on TV. Um, I've never played Augusta though, but to see it was powerful. Pebble, same thing. The history you you see it on TV, you know, you, and and then to actually get to play it and walk it, you realize just how beautiful and amazing it is. Um, yeah, I, I'd say Pebble for me because that's when I played. Yeah. We almost like on this show, I almost say Pebble's underrated because like woke, woke golf people like to say it's, it's overrated, right? It's Pebble. You, everybody's seen it. It's on TV every year. There's us open there in five, 10 years. It was on the video games. We've all, it's overdone. And then when you get there and you walk out the fourth hole and you walk past those trees that are on your right and you can see the nice little, uh, the yacht club right there in the Harbor And there's like different colored boats. There's like red, yellow, white boats, sailboats, the cove, Stillwater Cove. And then you can see out to the cliff of like what you're about to play on six, seven, eight. And you're just like, oh my God, like this actually exists. It looks like a painting. And not only do you get to look at it and experience it, you get to just play this cool game on top of it. Yeah. Oh my God. You, you nailed it too. And for me, you know, it, it, everything you just said. And then we got, the last time I played it, we got to 17. And 18, 18's most one of the most iconic holes ever, right? But we got you got to have a pretty good swing on the ball off the tee. When we got done with the hole, we all went over to where Tom Watson chipped. There's a little marker where he chipped out of the rough, you know, he kind of solidified his U.S. Open win. And we all just chipped right from that spot to see how close we could come because the pin was in the same place. Just for fun, you know. It's, it's like, how did we come? This is one of the holes. So it was a nice little take right before 18. Yeah, awesome. it's the best. It is that, that stuff that. is cool. Like, if you can walk in the – if you could walk in the footsteps of the greats and play the same holes they have and take the same shots they have. And I don't know, it's a, it's a real connection to it. It also makes you feel like I, I did it too. I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah. You can't do it that is. in any other sport, right? I can't step in the batter's box and hit a home run like Reggie Jackson or something like I, but I can go to Pebble beach and hit from the same spot on the tee box and putt the same putt and do the same fist bumps and try and like, try and emulate like the heroes of the game and stuff. So that is the difference. Uh, and it's awesome that they have little markers out there from certain shots. We've seen it a bunch of times. Uh, the Justin Thomas one that we all were looking at. What, what course yes. was that Riggs? Um, Aaron Hills. Right? Aaron Hills. Aaron Hill, yeah. At Aaron Hills. You have to have the, the marker there. And we're like, how did he do this with yeah. that club? Yeah. Like from this spot. And then you just see how good they are. 
Um, it's it's yeah. awesome. Riggs and I did it from Medina. There's a plaque where Sergio hit that like cut around the tree, and then yep, he goes yeah. like scampering out into the fairway. Riggs and I yeah. did the same thing where we pretended to do the cut. They actually took down the tree, which is kind of a bummer, and then did a little run, a little scamper jump across the fairway. But it's I tried to do a little bit. I tried to do a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great to do all awesome. that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. They had cut down the tree, so I just hit it from yeah, there and hit it, it straight. Is. And I was like, what's the problem with the shot? I don't understand why. <laughs> That's right. But it is like that. Like when, when, uh, when I played uh, uh, Pebble and played 18, you know, that tree out in the middle of the fairway, it's, it's so fun to see where you land next to you know compared to that tree because you know where the pros land right you know and and then and, and then after you play the hole yourself the next time you see some the pros playing it for a u.s open or whatever because like i think woodland won last year at pebble mm-hmm. and and uh i'm a woodland fan because we're both from kansas but um it was so fun to watch him play 18 because i just played it a little while before and i was like i you know what you're more intimate with the course and you know what it's when they say oh it's going to be a nightmare um, it's just fun that you have your more intimate knowledge of the course and, and actually walking it and feeling it. You really understand it better. Yep. It's the best. It's absolutely the best. Well, Rob Riggle, it's very, very obvious. You're a golf guy, just like Gus, which we always can appreciate. And uh, you know, you've got Holy Moly season two mini golf competition. We're all starving for any live competition that we can get right now on ABC. <laughs> so check it out. And um, we'll have to sync up sometime. We really appreciate the time, Rob. Absolutely. We will, we'll go tee him up sometime. It sounds fun. That'd be oh, great. Right. great. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Right. We appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Enjoy. Right, guys. See you. Bye. Bye.